is an Odyssey original. This is Coronavirus Daily. I'm Charles Feldman. And I'm Mike Simpson from the KNX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles. Scientists looking at data finding something that shouldn't be too much of a surprise. So older people in the U.S. who aren't vaccinated driving the surge of COVID deaths and hospitalizations comes as seniors are the most vaccinated group in the country. New information coming out about just how effective natural immunity from COVID might be. California looking at uh, maybe implementing a statewide vaccine mandate for indoor spaces, but will that work? The pandemic has made food industry workers realize the customer isn't always right. Let's start, though, with older Americans not getting vaccinated. Dr. Marcus Plesham, chief medical officer of the Association of State and Territorial Health Officials. Doctor, uh, serious problems for the older people who have not been vaccinated. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, we're very concerned about the situation. Certainly the vaccine is really important for anybody to protect them from COVID-19, but particularly for people who are older who just have so much greater risk that they could get really sick and end up in the hospital or even die. Um, and, you know, the thing to keep in mind is this this vaccine is not just good at keeping you from getting COVID-19, but it's particularly good at people from, even if you get it, at keeping you from getting severely ill. And so that's why it's so concerning, these numbers we're seeing for people who are up in their 60s and 70s. So we know uh, that a lot of younger people who are not vaccinated in some cases, maybe many cases, it's because they have this kind of, you know, youthful feeling of invincibility. What's the excuse that that uh, you folks hear from older people? Well, I think a lot of people are nervous about the vaccine. Uh, you know, it's a relatively new vaccine. Uh, I think the fact that it's now just been approved by the formally approved by the FDA may help a little bit like with that. Um, but, you know, a lot of it is just it's a new thing. People are anxious about trying it, afraid, you know, there might be some untoward effect, and we're just doing everything we can. to. This is an incredibly safe vaccine. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how it holds up to other vaccines that we've seen. But I think it's just a matter of time, a matter of staying after people and, and helping them understand that. On the other side of that, I mean, do you feel some of the whiplash, though, because you've got one group who is wary or just saying no, and then you've got other seniors who are all but clamoring for their booster, saying, when is my turn? Just pass it in September. Let me get in line. Yeah, well, I mean, I would say that those people are, are being really sensible. I mean, this is this is a really important thing to people in that age group. And we're glad we had such a robust, um, for the most part, a robust response from them. We've just got to get everybody else on board as well. The uh, problem with older people not vaccinated, as I understand it, though, it's not uniform across the country. There are pockets, uh, various states and regions within certain states, right, that have particularly high levels of unvaccinated senior citizens. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of this in the southeast, and we're seeing a lot of this in rural areas. Does some of this burn itself out? I mean, we see stories crop up every now and then, health officials being cautious, but saying, I think maybe we've hit a peak and we're coming down, or is it way too early to say any of this, especially because it's just going to get colder over the next few months and there's more people going to be inside anyways? Well, we certainly hope we'll hit a peak hit a peak soon because this has been really tough on people um, and, and really just as we started to have some hope with the vaccine on with the new vaccine but it's a little hard to say right now I mean you know we're seeing the, these increases in areas that are under vaccinated but even some of the areas that are more highly vaccinated I mean there's still a lot of people who haven't been vaccinated and they could all get COVID particularly with the new Delta virus. 
Dr. Marcus Plesha, Chief Medical Officer, the Association of State and Territorial Health Officials. People who have had COVID already have been encouraged to get vaccinated. The early thinking was that vaccines offer much better protection and longer-lasting protection than natural immunity. Well, that might not necessarily be right. New research out of Israel shows natural immunity could be higher than someone who received both doses of a mRNA vaccine, Pfizer, Moderna. Dr. Jeffrey Klausner is an epidemiologist and clinical professor of preventative medicine at USC Keck School of Medicine. So, Doctor, the latest info out of Israel, is it uh, contradictory to the idea that uh, vaccines offer the best immunity? Well, no, it's not contradictory at all. I mean, uh, the state of Israel recognizes, you know, recovery from infection in their uh, immunity passports. Uh, the European Union recognizes recovery of infection in their immunity and passports. Um, it's really kind of uh, mind-boggling why there's been like a blind spot in the United States. And with, and with these data today, which were highlighted in Science Magazine, I mean, Science is like the leading you know, scientific journal in the United States reporting on the findings from Israel, which replicates uh, findings from last week in the United Kingdom that people who have had previous infection have equal or uh, better immunity to people who have been vaccinated. We used to do this thing where people would say, okay, well, a natural infection probably gives you like three months where you're safe and the vaccine will give you six or nine or who knows. Do we get too bogged down on on the months and we should just kind of at least say one or the other or, or both? I mean, where are we with that or is that totally the wrong question that people are asking? No, it's, it's a good question and, you know, um, there's, you know, we've known for, you know, decades, you know, I went to medical school in the 80s and they taught me if you recovered from viral infections, you are immune to repeat infections. And for, for some reason, you know, we've kind of thrown what we know uh, out the window when it's come to COVID-19 and everyone has been, uh, you know, incredibly, you know, cautious and hesitant to make, uh, you know, commonsensical decisions. But, you know, now we have data up to at least 10 months, you know, that people who have had prior infection are uh, protected. And, you know, hopefully they'll be able to extend that idea 12 months and 15 months as we get, you know, more and more data that prior infection does indeed prevent against new infection as kind of it always has with every viral infection. Okay, so I can hear uh, people out there who are adamantly opposed to getting vaccinated and who have used the excuse up till now that, well, I don't need to get vaccinated because I had COVID. I've recovered from it. So why go and get a bunch of uh, vaccine in my arm? Uh, Do they have a strong case? Well, I think they have a very good case. I mean, there was, you know, one study from the CDC that came out about two weeks ago in Kentucky, which suggested people who, you know, had both prior infection were vaccinated, had, you know, a super immunity. They were even more protected. But, you know, other studies have not uh, shown that. So, you know, I would really like to see our policies be updated, you know, based on the medical and scientific evidence that says, yeah, if you've had prior infection, you know, and you can document that prior infection, uh, you know, you have access to, you know, events and restaurants and travel, you know, which is similar to what they do in the European Union and in Israel. I mean, it's no wonder, you know, they're they're interpreting and looking at the same science we are, but it's kind of, you know, unknown why our policymakers haven't adopted that. Does Delta change the game at all? I remember I mentioned, you know, there, there's some people who thought we were kind of underselling this 
all along. And they were pointing to when L.A. was doing pretty well, they said, look, we've got OK vaccination. We've had a whole bunch of people who were infected. Um, and that's why L.A. is doing great. We're not doing so great now. Does that mean people can get reinfected with Delta or it's different? Or is there just so many people who are still uh, up for grabs, as it were, and Delta's just moving right on through? Well, I mean, we definitely know reinfection can occur, right? So, um, you know, I, I see patients and I see individuals who, you know, uh, tested positive after uh, vaccination. Uh, much less commonly, though, I've seen people who've tested positive after a, a prior infection. Uh, the good news is that, you know, both vaccination and prior infection protect against, you know, serious illness, like going to the hospital, going to the intensive care unit, or dying. If you look at the data, you know, of people who are dying, you know, it's extremely uncommon to see that they've been vaccinated or they've had prior infection. And, you know, with all infectious disease epidemics that, are, that do produce immunity, uh, and cases go up and they go down because the population has immunity from prior in, uh, infection. You know, I think it's reasonable to keep promoting vaccination, uh, but I don't think it's reasonable to deny people access you know, to, you know, restaurants and uh, sports facilities if they have evidence that they have been previously infected. Dr. Jeffrey Klausner, epidemiologist, clinical professor of preventative medicine at USC Keck School of Medicine. And yeah, you, you're booking an international flight or something, and that's the two things, and it says you need to uh, bring your vaccine card or proof of previous, uh, you know, recovery from infection, but the doctor has a whole form they have to sign off and show when you tested positive and negative and all I was going to say, I mean, is it proof of recovery or just proof that you've had at some point a positive... Proof uh, of recovery, like you went through the whole thing and they watched you the whole time, apparently. California lawmakers looking to pass legislation calling on vaccinations to enter all indoor spaces like restaurants, movie theaters, and gyms. The idea boosts the vaccination rates. Realistic idea, though, Dr. George Rutherford, epidemiologist, director of the Division of Prevention and Public Health at UC San Francisco. So, Dr. San Francisco has this already. Uh, How's it going up there? It seems to be going pretty well here. and I, I think that the business community is is pretty positive about it. I don't think there's been any big problems uh, uh, with it. And it's just kind of like checking, you know, checking ID going into a bar on uh, Friday night. It's not, it hasn't been that big a deal. Uh, so it's and, you know, we're, we're seeing declining rates. So, I mean, we're trying to do 15 different things at once, obviously, to drive the rates down. So I can't lay it off directly on this. But it's, it seems to be the implementation seems to be going pretty smoothly. What sort of enforcement is there? There really isn't. I mean, we, you know, the health department has a team on standby that can go and help uh, business uh, owners uh, who've been having problems. But I, I, to my knowledge, they haven't been deployed yet. So I can imagine, though, in places that are not San Francisco, a lot of pushback yeah. to something like this. I mean, if the state tries to pull this off, it, it's not going to be met with uh, open arms everywhere. I, yeah, I suspect you're right. I mean, I you know, I hate to pick on Lassen County, but you know, it's uh, some of the counties are going to be more more open to this than others, um, uh, undoubtedly. And uh, in terms of proof, uh, do people show what they have to show? Uh, will you tell us what do they have to show? They can show their card. They can show a photograph of their card. They can show a QR code uh, from the state vaccination registry. So it's it's there are lots of different ways to prove it. Is it just San Francisco proper, or is it starting to spread through some of the other county health departments that are they're starting to consider this uh, around the bay, down the peninsula? 
Yeah, I, I think Santa Clara has has recently gone for it as well. I don't know that it's actually been fully implemented there, or they just are planning on doing it. Uh, but uh, that's the other uh, county that's that's moved forward. Um, I, I think we could, you know, it, it's just reading crystal balls about who who would do it next. Uh, you know, Marin might do it. Marin has a really high vaccination rate, like eighty percent plus, um, so that they they may well do it as well. But I'm just guessing at that point. But Santa Clara is the one that's gone ahead with it. So it's uh, theaters, gyms, hotels we mentioned, uh, but not all stores. No, well, if they're outdoors, you you don't have to do it. Um, it it's uh, restaurants, bars, uh, as well. It's the places in which there is uh, you know, there's been transmission. Um, I'm I'm not dead sure about retail stores. I'm sorry. I wish I could give you a, a complete dead straight answer on that. But it, you, when you said that, it made me it. it it triggered something in my mind, but it's clearly things where people go in and spend a lot of time. Yeah, but we can see I mean, those you don't need it to get into a grocery store. First. Right. And that's where cutoffs would probably need to be carved out because people need to sure. go shopping vaccine or not, whatever your reason for yeah, not yeah, getting you know, shot. The French, yeah. When the French went through their first lockdown, they exempted food, banks. This is a great story. Food, banks, pharmacies, and tobacco stores. So, Because <laughs> you never want to be rid out those cigarettes, right? <laughs> well, I think it's because they also sold lottery tickets there. Oh, is that it? <laughs> it supports the government, yeah. <laughs> but it is, you know, you're mentioning that rates are going, uh, infection rates, I guess, uh, are going down in the San Francisco area. Yeah. Uh, is there for for those who I'm sure listening who are because there are always people in this story with COVID who are incredulous about anything? Is yeah. there actual evidence that can correlate the advent of these mandates to prove vaccination going into these places that we just ticked off with the decline in in cases? Well, there's it's temporarily co correlated. I mean, it it followed after they did that. Uh, but, you know, we're also pushing vaccination. Um, we're doing uh, other things at the same time, increased testing. Um, but, it, you know, and, and uh, there's surveillance at schools and trying to cut down on school outbreaks. So there's a lot of different things going on at the same time. But this strikes me as a as a reasonable next step. And it's a lot better than closing the economy down and making everybody stay home. A lot of these things have happened where the rates are already pretty high, though, and not just in, you know, municipalities or, or things like that, but even within organizations or school districts or stuff. Some of these businesses that get to 80 or 90, then they then they finally pull the trigger and say, oh, we only have 10 percent to go. Now we'll do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, it, it it's one of these sort of it's not a primary. It's not the first thing you do, but it's more one of the later things that you do. What about, you know, in our previous segment, I don't know if you had a, a chance to, to listen to it. We were talking about these uh, Israeli findings that people who have had COVID and uh, recovered from it uh, have uh, a, a, as good, maybe even better immunity to COVID than people who are vaccinated. Uh, so in San Francisco, can proof of prior uh, infection and recovery from infection be substituted for proof of vaccination to get into these places? No, it can't. The CDC guidelines, the, the state um, um, guidelines are that if you've been previously infected, you need to be uh, you need to be vaccinated in order to access some of these things. Um, so the uh, that study was is is a single study. It has not yet been peer reviewed. Uh, and there are a lot of other studies that show different things. So it's we have to try and put it into context and uh, try and understand exactly what's going on and why they why they found what they did. Dr. George Rutherford, epidemiologist, director of the Division of Prevention and Public Health, UC San Francisco's School of Medicine. Doctor, thanks.
Coming up after this short break, a little more politeness could help the food industry recover from the pandemic. The food service and hospitality industries continue to be seriously affected by the worker shortage. But is the pandemic really to blame right now? Maybe. Seems the pandemic made people realize they were tired of rude customers, unreasonable demands, so uh, they're not coming back. KYW's Matt Leon talks to Caridwin King, professor at the School of Sports, Tourism, and Hospitality Management at Temple University, about how the customer sometimes is uh, wrong. If you do look back at, at, at traditionally looking at the labour challenges that the hospitality industry has experienced, we, do, we, we have a reputation as an industry of having high turnover. Um, but there's always been another person, particularly at entry-level positions, that can easily fill those roles because th- those positions are, are generally low-skilled and can be easily trained. I think what's exacerbated it now is um, the fact that everyone is looking at the same time for those servers. And so while the same characteristics of the job prevail, we are now having everyone looking for people at the same particular point in time. And what that has done is provided those uh, potential employees more choice than they've ever had before. I think the other thing that's exacerbated it now is because of the type of crisis we've had. With the global pandemic and with the shutdowns that immediately stopped all hospitality and food service, you know, back in March last year, what it forced people to do is to look for other ways to supplement their income. And so they left, not maybe by force because they were let go or maybe they decided to move on to other positions, whether it's in logistics or warehousing and so forth, that that um, paid a little bit more, had better benefits maybe, and and also the work life was a little bit more reasonable than what we know the hospitality industry is is, uh, traditionally known for. So I think those things, like it was a really perfect storm. Um, As I said, we've always had challenges retaining people, but now with the pandemic, it's it's opened up more options for other people and, and also too, as I said, everyone's looking for them at the same time, which is a challenge. To the point where you talked about the work life, I'm curious... One of the things and kind of what was the impetus for putting this podcast together was the idea that in these industries, you know, it's pushed that the customer is always right. We want to cater to the customer and and that they are what it's all about. And I wonder how much that attitude, which I think in a lot of cases has led to a feeling of entitlement and unreasonable demands from customers is weighing on the industry now because in a time of global crisis where people are kind of reevaluating things, people might say, you know what? I'm kind of tired of getting yelled at because the potatoes were cold and stuff beyond my control and I try to be nice and it doesn't seem to matter and people hold tips over my head like they enjoy it and it's just not worth it. How much do you think that is playing into this? Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, I think that, um, I think what we're seeing here with the labour force in hospitality has just more been illuminated as a result of COVID. These things existed before. And it's interesting, you know, that the customer is always right is a, is a term that I will have lively debates with my grad students about in, in relation to that, because you're right. Most people think that if I'm a service-oriented organisation, then if I adopt the philosophy of the customer is always right, I can't go wrong. But COVID aside, I mean, even adopting that mindset, 
does present challenges to the organisation because if you are defaulting to what that customer wants, um, at best it may mean that you as an organisation are not necessarily getting out of it what you want. But at worst situation, it's making your employees, those people that are interacting with those customers every time feel completely out of control with no power and and often not support. So even before COVID, I used to talk to my students about this and I'm saying, I don't know whether adopting the customer is always right mindset is is 100% correct. I am all for being customer centric, but I'm I'm more advocate for this notion of understanding the ecosystem in which we are serving the customer. And it's not just the customer. It's the employees that are also in that ecosystem and it's your business as well that's in that ecosystem and all stakeholders need to be able to be satisfied. Now, to your point, though, about has this been amplified or is this playing into what we're seeing now? 100%. As I said before, you know, we know as as people that work in the service industry that sometimes we have to deal with difficult customers. And in the past, we grit through it, we smile, we may talk to our, our fellow colleagues about what an awful night we had, but we seem to have, have mustered through. I think, though, with COVID, um, with, with the general sentiment of, of people as um, going through a health crisis and the stress um, has made us, as you said, generally as society reevaluate what we're doing with our life. But I also think as hospitality workers, they've really now understood the vulnerability of the industry they lost their job and it was not there for a while and also too the fact that they perhaps haven't been treated as well as they they could be and there's other alternatives for them to to earn similar money or to provide a work life that doesn't add that stress onto it so I think yes that is what is also exacerbating it for owners of hospitality establishments to try and recruit people at this time is that are they providing an environment that those employees feel supported um, and and which makes them want to stay around um, and it's it's a hard line for these hospitality organizations to walk because they want money too right they want to be able to sustain themselves they don't want to turn away customers but I would encourage those organizations to think long term a bad customer may walk away tonight. Your employees you want around tomorrow night and the next night and the next night. And and I think we've all seen bad customer behaviour. Um, and so and to know that not everyone is like that. And so it's having the, the confidence within yourself as an organisation and your employees to be able to say, to say no to a customer. We're not the right place for you. Talk on the fringes is that the anti-parasitic drug ivermectin can fight COVID-19 despite warnings from federal health officials and other doctors not to use it against the virus. Well, it turns out not everyone listens to the guidance. Inmates at a jail in northwest Arkansas have been prescribed ivermectin to combat COVID. The Washington County's sheriff confirmed the jail's health provider had been prescribing the drug. Now, he didn't say how many inmates had been given ivermectin. Health officials in Arkansas and Mississippi this week warned people to not take the veterinary formulation of the drug meant for horses and other big animals after seeing an uptick in calls to their poison control centers. This is an Odyssey original. Find us on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.